Hey guys, welcome back to a mongerific episode of Fanhole Sentai Saturdays. Hey, what's up guys? This is Derek, Derek WC. I'm going to be one of your hosts tonight on our ongoing Fanhole's Fright Fest 2 Electric Boogaloo series of shows. And this is also running through Sentai Saturdays, where we have selected some Spooky Dookie episodes of Super Sentai to discuss tonight. And of course, joining me tonight are two of my fellow Super Sentai enthusiasts. So why don't you guys give a shout out and let everybody know who's here tonight. Hey, this is Justin, and my Henshin device is a hamburger. <laughs> hey guys, this is Tony, and it's a bird! It's a plane! It's Dracula! Billy Zetto! It's like, what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, I, I, I guess I'll reveal one of the episodes I selected for tonight is from... What is this? The I'm trying to remember. This is, what, the fifth entry in the Super Sentai series, technically, I think? So, it's uh, Solar Squadron Sun Vulcan. This is actually a direct sequel series to Denzi Man. And this is, I guess, strictly speaking, the last show that Marvel Comics had some peripheral involvement in, or at least, you know, their their logo or whatever is splattered on the end credits or whatever because of the whole deal they had with, you know, Spider-Man and Battle Fever J and all that stuff. But the specific episode that I selected for us to talk tonight about on Fanhole's Fright Fest, because as Tony has mentioned, Dracula is involved in this episode, is called The Cursed Dead, and it originally aired October 3rd, 1981. I'm going to read uh, a brief synopsis that I crafted, and then I think we'll get to talking about the episode. We open on a Japanese fashion show where we see the dancing model friend of Misa Arashiyama, Yukari, under hot lights. Dracula then appears, snuffing out the hot lamps with his hypnotic glowy eyes and leaps over the audience to take his prize, the now-fainted model Yukari. As he starts to drain the blood from her neck, the Machine Empire's current field commander, Amazon Killer, chastises Dracula for not attacking their intended target, Misa Arashiyama, who is the daughter of the commander of Sun Vulcan. The curse monger that accompanies Amazon Killer appears to have control over his creations, one of which is this Dracula, and forces him to transform into a cloud of bats and flee before Misa discovers Yukari. Back at the restaurant, Snack Safari, the front 
for the secret headquarters of Sun Vulcan. Asso Hayo, a.k.a. Volpanther, doubts Misa when she tells the team that Dracula attacked her friend, but Kenya Samajima, a.k.a. Volshark, believes Misa's account. When Misa discloses that Yukari had red puncture marks on his neck, this also gets the attention of their field leader, Takayuki Hiba, a.k.a. Vol Eagle 2. When Curse Monster summons the man who's rode back from hell, Japanese Billy the Kid, to attack the local police and deliver a challenge to Sun Vulcan from the Machine Empire Black Magma, they are forced to investigate. Dracula then attacks a pedestrian walking in the park. Vol Eagle arrives to put a stop to his assault and save the young girl. Dracula disappears into a colony of bats again, leaving the same challenge behind that Billy the Kid had left for the police. Queen Hedrian, former leader of the Veda clan from Denzi Man, now a resurrected cyborg queen of the Machine Empire, asks her king... Fuhrer Hell Saturn, what he thinks of her newly made Cursemonger, who has the ability to summon the dead spirits of so-called historical Japanese figures. Pleased with her ghostly assassins, the Cursemonger summons blonde Japanese Joan of Arc. Dracula later returns to the apartment of Yukari to attack her, but luckily Misa is there to help a friend with a gold crucifix that holds Dracula at bay until Sun Vulcan arrives on the scene. Amazon Killer arrives with Cursemonger and the Zero Girls, black, green, and purple, when the Cursemonger summons all three ghosts to face off against Sun Vulcan. Their standard attacks prove ineffective. Forced to retreat, they look to their commander, Daizoburo Arashiyama, for a new plan of attack. As Queen Hedrian and Amazon Killer toast their victory over Sun Vulcan, they command the Cursemonger to rampage and attack private citizens across Japan to ruin Sun Vulcan's reputation. In the meantime, Sun Vulcan tracks down the spooky house where Cursemonger lives. However, it is all a trap laid by Amazon Killer to trap the team in a random hell dimension in the Cursemonger's coffin. Dracula, Billy the Kid, and Joan of Arc are all waiting for them and start smacking around Vol Eagle, Vol Panther, and Vol Shark. The ghosts cannot be killed as they are already dead. Sun Vulcan instead tries to listen to the ghosts' grievances against humanity. They try to reason with the ghosts to no avail, only to be assaulted by fire, lassos, and vampire gas. The Solar Squadron unites their Vulcan sticks, which causes a chain reaction that releases them from the hellish coffin prison. Sun Vulcan makes short work of the Dark Q, the foot soldiers of the Machine Empire Black Magma. The Cursemonger is dispatched with Sun Vulcan's finishing move, the Vulcan Ball, which is a bomb shaped like a volleyball. However, this instigates the giant monger mode of the Cursemonger. Now a huge towering monster, Sun Vulcan summons the Jaguar Vulcan Flying Fortress, and Vol Eagle launches in the fighter jet called the Cosmo Vulcan that makes up Sun Vulcan's robo-head, upper arms, and body. Meanwhile, Vol Panther and Shark co-pilot the Bull Vulcan, a bulldozer-like vehicle with two cockpits which forms the legs of the Sun Vulcan Robo. Sun Vulcan Robo, now combined, ultimately dispatches the giant Cursemonger using their primary finisher, Sword Slash, Aurora Plasma Dual Slash, or Aura Plasma Geiss! 
The ghosts finally find peace and say their farewells to Sun Vulcan, and Misa prays over some makeshift graves with wooden crosses. The end. So that is the synopsis of the 34th episode of Sun Vulcan, The Cursed Dead. And now I want to open it up to my fellow fanholes. What'd you think of this episode? And have you guys seen Sun Vulcan before this? I have. Okay. I have. I'm, I'm kind of happy to say I actually have seen the entirety of Sun Vulcan. I know sometimes we, we plan these shows and I've only seen so many episodes and I promise to finish watching them and sometimes I do and sometimes I don't, but I, I can say, not not that I'm a super authority on it or anything, but I have seen all 50 episodes in the movie, so I'm, I'm at least, I've at least have a complete picture of Sun Vulcan as it stands. Uh, that, I mean, that's cool because I had no idea what I was walking into. It's 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 kind of a like you said. It, Marvel probably did have influence, kinda, but yeah, yeah, I really got that feeling from it. And also, this is a very Marvel seventies kind of story. Like the superheroes are going to fight Dracula and Billy the Kid, and like both of those made sense. The only way it didn't make sense to me was Joan of Arc, because I was like, she was never portrayed as kind of villainous, you know. It was, was kind of like you know, like ah, you now must face the ghosts of Dracula. The undead. You must face Billy the Kid, the outlaw, like you know, gunslinger, and Mahatma Gandhi. <laughs> well, see, though, what's weird though is to me, like Dracula kind of stood out like a sore thumb because he's not fucking real. I mean, unless unless you're going with like unless you're going with like Vlad the Impaler, you know, like which they clearly weren't. Like this was clearly a Japanese guy dressed up to be like Bella, Bella Lugosi or something. And he was actually, he had fangs and turned into bats and all that other kind of stuff. Whereas it seemed like the other two were, you know, real historical figures, you know? So, and, and of course I've made no secret to you before. Like my favorite thing about ghost when I was watching Common Rider ghost was the, the Billy, the kid spirit thing that ghost wears. So I, I, I of course cracked up and, and liked watching, uh, the, the Japanese Billy the Kid opened fire on the, the Japanese police and stuff like that. I thought it was kind of funny. You know, there's two times in, like, uh, uh, Sentai or Kamen Rider toku shows where Billy the Kid is totally played by a Japanese dude. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, like, you know, they are Japanese shows, but it is kind of funny. It's like, you know, the actor does get into it, though. He's very, you know, yeehaw, you know, ride him cowboy. You know, I mean, I, he, he doesn't do a bad job. Well, I mean, I, I guess the same thing is true of, of uh, Japanese Joan of Arc. You know, they got a, a nice-looking Japanese young lady, and, and she's got blonde hair and a, a suit of armor, and that's I guess that's all that they needed. You know, it wasn't like wasn't like you you couldn't tell who they were supposed to be. You know, like I mean, obviously they they at least sort of did due diligence with the costuming they had to to set those characters up, which you know they all seem to be pretty clear who they were who they were supposed to represent though it seemed like the reason why they were a threat were because they were sort of ghostly you know more than than any kind of potential i guess powers or experience the historical figures have i guess i don't know how to put that exactly but you know it's not it's not like billy the kid was a threat because he was such a great sharpshooter it was more like billy the kid was a threat because every time they tried to you know, use their, their Vulcan swords on them. You know, it's like it went right through them and they started being sort of confused and hypnotized and everything. Yeah, and, and you know, like with Dracula, he, he was definitely not suave. He was definitely more like, kind of like this, you know, 70s supervillain, you know. The reason I said it's Bird is a Plane is Dracula. 
is there's so many shots of the the actor like you know taking a jump off a trampoline off off camera and just flying through the air. <laughs> I I do wish they had spent just a little bit more money on his costume because it's like he's wearing like suspenders, a nice dress shirt, and a bow tie. Like that's it. <laughs> oh, and cheap plastic teeth. Like I was like <laughs> that cracked me up. I was just like, dude, he's wearing like the like cheap plastic teeth like you would get as a kid on Halloween like that's funny yeah he I mean like you know Derek said the costuming and budget of the time you know I mean it is the 70s but yeah Billy the Kid and and, and uh, jo- Joan of Arc they, they definitely looked better like you, you know who Dracula was obviously but he really did look like you know a 30 year old guy who was like guess I'll take my kids uh, out for Halloween uh, I guess I'll be Dracula honey do we got any of that crap laying around so I could be Dracula for the kids <laughs> uh, one thing I was going to say uh, Derek you, you, since you know this show well you too Justin you guys can both school me on this is is this the like it, it, where in the timeline of Super Sentai does like the giant robots start coming in is this like you know Second or third one? I know Spider-Man had one, but he's not really Super Sentai. Yeah, I mean, it, it would be Spider-Man had Leopard on, Battle Fever J had Battle Fever Robo, and then it was, what, Denzy Man, and then this, right? So this would be, I mean, I guess strictly speaking, it'd either be the third or fourth Super Sentai robot, right, Justin? Yes. Okay. Okay, that's wondering. I, I actually think that uh, uh, Robo Vulcan, or Sun Robo Vulcan, whatever you want to call him, Actually, pretty cool. He he reminds me a lot of like, like we were talking about when we did watch Battle Fever J. He reminds me a lot of like old school super robots. He's not so yeah. much of a mech, you know. He's like a super robot, yeah. Well, and then, and and then his- that Marvel tie-in that you mentioned, like, I mean, you know, Battle Fever J had the big, you know, BF on the chest, and this kind of has the big, you know, V for Vulcan type thing going on. So, and something I really like about like the older Sentai is like. The Robo is not overly designed or overly complicated. Like it's just like one clean look. Like that's it's it's a very simple design and it works. You're like you see it and you're just like yeah that's a giant robot. It's not like some huge blocky looking thing with like you know elephant for an arm and like a Gatling gun like poking out of its eye and like a train like coming out of its back or something. You're just like oh that's that's cool and it's very simple electric fan for its headdress and then <laughs> like all this crazy shit yeah i know what you're saying yeah because like a lot of like later sentai series they seem to make the zords quote unquote for western audiences the individual mechs uh first and they want those to look really cool and like really real you know as far as you can you know they, they want to make the like you know let's say saber tiger they want to make saber tiger look like a saber tiger but it doesn't matter how it looks on the, the, the actual big robot. And it seems like with these older shows, they're like, make the big robot look cool. And it doesn't matter if the individual vehicles like make sense. It's science fiction. Who cares? <laughs> but uh, I, I did I did enjoy this episode. Like, I, I overall, I really enjoy Sun Vulcan. Like, I think it's a lot of fun. And, like, this is, a, this is an episode I like. Anytime you're bringing back, like, any kind of, like, historical figure, whether it's Dracula or you know Joan of Arc for whatever wacky reason like you've kind of you kind of got my attention so like I I thought this was kind of fun and I I liked when they 
go into the coffin and they're kind of like confronting the ghosts and they're giving their reasons for why they're fighting them. They're like, oh, we died. We, we, we all three died like horrible deaths. And that's why we're attacking humanity. And, you know, they have this like nice conversation with the members of some folk. And they're just they're, you know, they're using you like you guys are dumb. Like, you need to stop this. And they're just like, no, we're ghosts. We're going to kill you. Yeah. And, and again, you know, you, you flip the script, you know, like I was saying, Jonah Ark, you know, she seemed like a very heroic person in real life. You know, and she's made to be like, you know, a bad guy in this, but, you know, reasons. But like with Billy the Kid, you know, I was like, I was killed, you know, horribly. It's like, yeah, because you were a criminal. You like killed a lot of people. <laughs> well, I'm sure the people who burned Joan of Arc to death probably thought of her as a criminal too, but they all, they, I mean, you know, they, they, they basically had a very simplistic, if not historically accurate reason for for being sort of vengeful spirits, you know, like there's like, I was burned to death. I'm mad. Like you killed all my, my, you know, cattle, you know, cattle wrestling, wrestling buddies and, and me. So I'm mad, you know, like, and Dracula's just like, why can't I suck blood? I'm mad. You know, like that's, that seemed to be the basic, basic tenant of, of why they were upset. And it's kind of funny how, like, it, you know, basically once they, once Sun Vulcan takes out the the giant monger of you know the giant curse monger. It seems like after that they they kind of quickly their 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 vengeful nature quickly subsides and they're like okay we're cool now goodbye like you know and then they all just kind of go off peacefully you know so well it it is also kind of funny because okay like even though I said like Billy the Kid was a criminal you know he was a real person he he yeah, had real yeah, emotion yeah, yeah. stuff Joan of Arc she was a real person she had emotions. And Dracula's always been portrayed as, you know, a monster or stuff. And he's like, you know, they, when they're like saying bye in their farewells, you know, it's like, ah, oh, Dracula, one of the greatest of them all. <laughs> well, it, it, it's funny, though, because because like that when you say that to me, it's like I almost think like, OK, well, Joan of Arc's a historical figure. But, you know, despite how, you know, despite what her story is, she's generally viewed favorably in history. And even though you're saying Billy the Kid's a criminal, like, clearly there have been movies where he's the protagonist, like, he was idolized by, you know, school children, even, he, he at, at, fans. He, yeah. even at the height of his his present-day shenanigans, you know, he had his share of supporters, right? And then, of course, you come to Dracula, where you're like, okay, well, as a fictional character, he may or may not have supporters, but, like, I start cracking up to myself, because it's like, at the end, like, what if it was like, you know freaking you know stalin or adolf hitler or something like that and it's gonna like goodbye hitler goodbye you know and it's just like you know that that would obviously not not play very well either you know so it's kind of funny because you've got two you know you know not not only are the the historical figures really historical as opposed to dracula but i i would argue that that you know they in, in a sense they they you know at least were sort of good people per se, you know, that, that what they thought they were doing was right. You know, whereas, you know, the, the Dracula is just kind of, you know, sovereign of the damned as it were, you know, like he's a bad guy. You know? <laughs> so they're like totally cool with it. You know, one thing I was going to like, you know, throw Derek a bone on, uh, Sun Vulcan also does have some, uh, you know, rather attractive Japanese females in it. So that doesn't hurt as well. Yeah. Me, Misa, like the, the, <laughs> we we always have to get a shot of Misa diving into the pool in in all the opening sequences. That, like we can't forget that because that's, that's that's super cool. 
Yeah, that's like a trope of like early Sentai's. Like, I don't know if you notice this, but like when they're doing like their opening sequence, there's always some you know attractive Japanese lady like jumping into a pool. Like, I I don't know why that's like a a trope they wanted to repeat in some of those early like series, but I like I've noticed that a lot. That's that's definitely the whole you know something for the fathers you know <laughs> yeah. moment or whatever. It's, <laughs> it's a little fan service. <laughs> it's it's interesting how they they basically call out the fact that like. You know, Misa is, in a sense, an essential part of the Sun Vulcan team, but she is not a Super Sentai character, even though there is an episode where she she does transform into, I forget what, what her name was or whatever, but she, she is kind of like this almost, like, you know... <laughs> Vol hotness! <laughs> she's some kind of, like, she's some kind of almost, like, Sailor Moon mask character or whatever at one point, but... Like, she's not really a Super Sentai character, you know. Essentially, this is, this is the first instance, I guess, in Super Sentai where there was only a three-man team. Like, this is the first three-man team. This is also, I, I think, I could be wrong, Justin can back me up on this, but I think this is the only team that is all male, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's, there's that aspect to this show. I, I agree with Justin. I think the show's really fun. I I do think that in terms of the quote unquote mythology of it, like you could easily watch like the first maybe three to five episodes and then jump to like the mid twenties and then maybe jump to like the last five episodes from like 45 to 50 and you'd get the whole story of the mythology. Like, cause you know, essentially this is still a, a series that is episodic in nature and, and it very much for the most part focuses on done in one episodes and everything like this episode is, for instance. So it's not like there's any callback to curse monger or anything like that. The, the aspects I thought were interesting that, that, you know, Tony may have not been exposed to since he's only seeing an isolated episode is I, I did kind of mention this was Vol Eagle 2. And I, I kind of had tons of fascination watching this series because this is basically where the whole send people off to a peace conference trip comes from. Because the original Vol Eagle, the actor was apparently a, a famous Japanese singer. So I guess he was also acting as well. And, you know, as opposed to the guy on Penny Dreadful who kept doing his role and, and didn't go back to making albums, I guess, while he was doing that show, the guy who played Vol Eagle did 23 episodes or whatever and eventually was like, all right, I'm going to go back to recording albums again. So then they were left without basically like a lead Red Ranger character and everything. And sure enough, on the show, it's like this funny explanation of like, what's going on, dude? He's like, well, I'm going off to NASA. Goodbye. You know, and it's like, okay, goodbye. You know, like, have have fun at NASA. Like, who's going to be Vol Eagle now? Well, this is my new friend, and he's with the Air Force, and he's totally cool. So now he's going to be Vol Eagle. And I, I totally felt like that, you know, that sequence that we recorded for Fan Halls with, like, Tommy as the White Ranger, where it's like, and Jan will be the leader of the Fan Halls. And it's just, like, the same thing with Vol Eagle 2, where you're like, well, wait a minute, like, 
this guy is brand new to the team and Panther and Shark have been there the whole 23 episodes and none of them get bumped up to leader. This new guy just comes in and takes over. So like that was always kind of hilarious too, to, to see that trope for the first time and everything. And then I, I guess the other thing that's a, a really important change was that in the first 23 or so episodes, I mentioned the Zero Girls, and there were four Zero Girls, and they all worked for the the Fuhrer, basically, like, you know, Hell Saturn, you know, his girls, right? And they all had different colored outfits and everything. Well, in the storyline, Zero Girl 1 ends up dying, and to replace her, I assume it's because the actress had to go off and do something else or whatever, but, you know... The, to replace her were treated to the same actress who was Amazonas in Spider-Man. So I guess she's kind of typecast because here she's Amazon killer. So I guess she was, she was destined to play an Amazon warrior lady in like every Super Sentai she shows up in. But I, I mean, I, I don't know if it's just out of familiarity with, you know, Spider-Man that, you know, I, that I know her from that, but I feel like, she really bumped up the show a notch in my view because I think some of those zero girls, like, they might have been cute in the outfits, but they didn't have a whole lot of personality. Like, I, when they were trying to be threatening, I don't know how believable it was. Whereas I think with her, like, she kind of sells the threat, I think, a little bit more. And I, I feel like the show escalated a bit when she ended up being thrown into the mix. Like, she really threw things you know, she was like that third party, like Zartan or the Insecticons or whatever, that sort of like threw things in flux to to the, the villain scenario. And even though it's not as, even though Sun Vulcan is not as much of a soap operatic long-term storytelling show as Jetman, I think towards the end, the dynamics between the bad guys where they all sort of turn on one another and start fighting amongst themselves kind of reminds me of how the villains in Jetman ended up going. Like, I'm not saying it's as good as Jetman, but you could see the seeds of people going, hey, we can we can play around with the structure of this show and still tell an entertaining story without ruining what makes it good for advertisers and kids and, and all that kind of good stuff. Yeah, I actually will say, like, uh, not being familiar with this uh, series and her being, like, the first big bad I actually see, I thought she was, like, the big bad. I thought she was, like, you know, Hell Fuhrer, you know, Saturn. And you're like, oh, okay, that's that. That's your King Mondo and shit and everything. But I, for a minute, because she was the one chastising Dracula stuff, and I'm like, oh, so she's, like, the leader. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she's, she's definitely, I, I'd say she's, uh, you know, she's probably more Goldar status, but still, she's, she's, yeah. she's a primary character in, in the series and everything. I mean, I guess, I guess another thing that's probably worth bringing up for, for fans of, say, Power Rangers or whatever, but the actress who plays Queen Hedrian is, of course, the same lady who would go on to play whatever, Ban Bandora, who is also, you know, Rita Repulsa. So that, that is the same actress, even though she, you know, she's, she's playing the same character. Also, in, got a mother. In, uh, in Denzi Man, but not in, in, uh, Shoe Ranger. So yeah, um, I, I actually really enjoyed this show. Um, I will say this, and this is not a knock against it. This is just how life is. I have so many things on my plate that I want to watch, 
unlike something like Jetman that I actually got into and I actually have been watching it, <clears throat> I mentioned that on the, the forum we post that, I'm probably not going to watch any more of Sun Vulcan unless I have the time. It's not a must-see for me, but at the same time, it does have a really cool feel to it. Uh, one thing I was going to bring up is, like, all the, you know, it's an all-male, you know, uh, super team, and, man, they, they, they have that show going on. They're all just, like, rugged, tough dudes. <laughs> like, whenever they come on, you know, they're just like, you know, Volkul, Volpenta, you know, and I'm just like... They, their their battle cries are just like they're so tough and they're like you know so like justice you know justice motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, there's there's no like bishy looking guys with like earrings and Justin Bieber haircuts like <laughs> wandering around or anything. I mean, yeah, you know, Vol Vol yeah. Panther kind of is played up a bit comedic. I mean, he does kind of have that goofy cross-eyed looking face where he's like, I'm I'm Vol Panther. You know, but but he's definitely not bishy either. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. This 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 was cool. You know, like I I have no problem getting exposed to stuff. And like I said, uh, both you guys watched it all. Like, um, is it something I'm missing? Is is this a must watch show for someone who does like Toku, like you know Sentai and, and like Common Rider? I I think I'm happy that I I watched it all, and and the fact that I kept watching it. You know, obviously I didn't I didn't sort of abandon my sort of desire to to kind of see all the episodes but again i i do think this is still set in an era where there there's not a serialized nature as much as there is an episodic nature so in some sense y you know to binge watch this i think would be a mistake unless maybe yeah. you focused on like i was saying you 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 introduced yourself to the characters in the first couple episodes and the robot and then you know you could jump to where it transitions between you know, Vol Eagle 1 and Vol Eagle 2, and where it transitions between the Zero Girl 1 and an Amazon Killer, and then maybe jump to, like, you know, the last five episodes are where things really start, you know, the formula breaks up and starts changing because you've got villains fighting villains, and there's actually episodes where, you know, the the Sun Vulcan Robo, actually, their super attacks don't work because the bad guys, like, actually, they're like, oh, you're connected to solar energy? Well, we're going to freeze you and block out the sun, and then it's like, well, then what do they do? You know what I mean? So it's like, that's that's actually sort of changing up the formula because it's like the last episode, you know, whereas, I, I mean, I, I guess, you know... It, it probably has a more satisfying ending than Battle Fever J, but I don't think it's vastly improved over the episodic nature of some of those other shows. Like, I, I, I think in terms of, of maybe historical type stuff, it's fun to see, you know, where Super Sentai started and how it, how it evolves. And we're definitely in the middle of the evolution right here. And so it's fun to see some of those tropes and and things get established for the first time and then sort of move on from from those series into you know the more modern ones and everything but i i mean i i, I wouldn't i wouldn't discount it you know uh, but but i i could understand what you're saying where you're like look I'll focus on the shows I'm watching now and maybe come back to it at some later date, you know, when I have a chance to give it my full attention. Yeah, I think it just depends on, like, your personal taste for some of these shows. Like, I would suggest, like Derek said, not binge-watching it. Maybe watch, like, 
you know, one or two episodes a day if it's something you're slightly interested in. But like as for like you yourself, Tony, like I would I would probably point you in the direction of like maybe Jetman or Live Man is something you would probably enjoy that's, you know, a bit older and more serialized too. Well, yeah, like I said, I have been watching Jetman actually. Um, I'm like not really far into it. I'm probably in the early teens as far as that goes. But yeah, yeah, you're right. I it, it does have more of a I wouldn't say serialized, but th- but things do lead into other things in the storytelling. So I have been enjoying that. So maybe maybe that's why I didn't totally fall in love with Sun Vulcan. But it is not a bad show at all. Not not bad at all. And now I'll just talk at Jetman. I've got like the theme song in my head. <laughs> Jetto, Jetto. Gentleman. Yeah, speaking speaking of theme songs, like the the thing I noticed watching Sun Vulcan over and over again, it's supposed to be like Eagle Shark Panther is what they sing, but I always kind of hear eel, like you know, a freshwater eel, because <laughs> the way they sing it, it's like Eel Shark Panther, you know, and I'm just kind of like, wait, I'm, all, I'm like, it's an eagle, an eagle, you know, like it's like Eel Shark Panther, you know, so that was that's that always kind of cracked me up, and and I did mention it in my my synopsis, but. One thing I will never forget as long as I live, even though I did not binge watch this, is Oroplasma Geis! You know, <laughs> like, I'm never going to forget that, because every fucking episode ends with Oroplasma Geis! You know? Not once, not twice, the, the, but the, four e- times. Each, each, even from each, the narrator. Each each team member says it, and then the fucking robot fucking says it. So it's like, there's no... It's like, what is that? Times times 50 so four times 50 I've, I've heard that 200 fucking times so there and and then the movie so i've heard it 204 times so there's no way i'm gonna fucking forget or a plasma guys you know so, yeah yeah i just heard it once and i was i was very impressed that like you uh you, you remember the attack but now that you've explained that i guess i guess you have no choice to remember it yeah i mean they, that's that's the move tony like it's the move so you you do not want to hear those words because that means you're fucking toast, you know. Like, all right, well that that might be a good place to go out on on Sun Vulcan. So uh, we're gonna take a quick commercial break, and then when we come back, Tony, Justin, and myself are gonna be discussing Shuriken Squadron the Ninja. So stay tuned for that. The Supermates couldn't stop it. Amazing. Incredible. The Fire and Water Network couldn't contain it. We didn't come here to fight with monsters. We're not equipped for it. The House of Frankenstein returns in 4D. They meet at the castle and hold debauched gatherings. Four blood-curdling episodes. Four classic horror films. Four supernatural adventures with your favorite superheroes. Four chances to lose your mind with sheer terror. Starring Lon Chaney Jr. When the full moon rises, I turn into a werewolf. With only one desire in my mind. To kill. John Carradine. I am Count Dracula. But I'm known to the outside world as Baron Latos. You see before you a man who has lived for centuries. Kept alive by the blood of innocent people. Julia Adams. Please, what is it you found? I don't know what you call it. It sounds incredible, but it appeared to be human. Peter Cushing. This place has been accursed. The evil of some who abide here. And at long last, Vincent Price. Nine killed you. 
thine shall die and be returned your loss. Coming in September and October to the Fire and Water Podcast Network. I can't wait. There isn't time. There isn't time. House of Frankenstein. Frankenstein. 4D. My work is nearly finished. Go now. Destroy all I have created. Alright guys, welcome back. So we hope you've enjoyed that awesome commercial preview. And we are now back talking some Super Sentai on our ongoing installments of the, the running theme of Fanhole's Fright Fest 2 Electric Boogaloo, where we're talking about spooky dooky, scary wary, ghosty woasty type stuff. And of course, the previous episode we discussed was from Sun Vulcan, where it featured Dracula. And tonight we're going to be discussing Shuriken, Squadron, Ninja, as promised. And I'm going to turn it over to Justin and let him tell us what episode he selected and how it sort of ties into Fanhole's Fright Fest. So I chose episode 36, which is also known as Shinobi 36, Kinji, the Glorious Superstar. And this episode originally aired November the 8th of 2015. And I do have a synopsis, but mine vastly pales in comparison to the detailed one that Derek gave you for Sun Falcon. But uh, Kinji, the sixth ranger, turns into the Wolfman. A giant ghoul cart attacks the city and completely rolls over Shuri Kinjin, the ninja's mech. Kinji soon recovers and returns to battle as even Taka's power-up form is no match for Sugamori. But as Kinji defends the others, his wound flares and the cursed sword, Yurasami, flies into his hand. The power is too great and he becomes the wolfman yet again. In his mind, Kinji struggles with the yokai power and the weakness of his own heart. His will, though, is strong, and he expels the yokai influence, and the cursed sword becomes his own power-up item. He uses the power to force back Sugimori, and in a huge mech battle, they defeat him for the time being. And that is episode 36. That's kind of a very, like, to-the-point, loosey-goosey uh, synopsis of this. No, no, I, a, I, I think people appreciate that as well as a detailed synopsis. So it's sometimes it's hard to be concise like that. So I, I appreciate it, Justin. I've talked about Ninja a few times on fan holes. And like it, it's, it's a show that I originally abandoned because I got frustrated with it. But after about a year, I, I don't know. I just kind of felt bad. I was like, you know what? I'm going to give the show a second chance. And I went back and I really got into it. And I think what really drew me back to the show was the character featured in this episode, Kenji, the Sixth Ranger. He's such a he's kind of bizarre when you think about it, because he's like he's a ninja. You know, he, he's a ninja cowboy. And, his, <laughs> you know, he has like a gun sword. His henshin device is a hamburger, and he's taking selfies with himself and the yokai that he's going to kill with his hamburger because it's, it's also like it's a cell phone, and it's a henshin device. But I don't know. He's he's so bizarre, and I could see how, like, he could turn people off. But, like, I don't know. I just I just really liked, like, his enthusiasm and stuff. But um, the reason I picked this episode is, you know, for one, it's because it, this is, like, a big episode in, like, Kenji's story arc, and also because – this features the Wolfman, and this was kind of a 
This is actually a three-parter where they introduced these huge, like, greater yokai, and they were each based on, like, classic monsters. You had the Wolfman, which you see in this episode. But you also have Dracula and Frankenstein, or, or at least versions of those characters, and they were, like, super powerful, you know, like, you know, kind of like Amazon Killer was brought in to, like, shake things up and be, like, someone to, like, you know, your heroes have to butt heads against and kind of struggle with. Like, well, that's what these three greater yokai were like they were like a powerful force for like the ninjas to like butt heads against and struggle against and i kind of like that and there's i have just like one other like little piece of trivia here like i don't know if you guys noticed this but the character sugimori uh his voice is probably familiar to you like he's voiced by rusei nakao and he he also did a voice on deku ranger but you probably know him best as the Japanese voice actor for the Emperor of the Universe, Lord Frieza. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice. Now I, now I totally see it, but like at the time I didn't, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now I, I totally hear it in my head, yeah. Isn't the uh, uh, Murasami also like in like his powered up form kind of a guitar in a way? <laughs> yeah, it's like a guitar, sword, gun thing yeah what, what do they what do they call like a sword gun combo uh a, a gun sword so this is a guitar gun sword pretty much <laughs> well, well if you go by final fantasy it's a gun blade gun blade so it's a gun blade with strings like i don't know <laughs> it's a it, it's you, a, you it's know a, one thing I it's a it's a gun blade axe would that be a cool way to put it or an sure. axe gun blade something like yeah. that right so, uh, what, what did you guys think about like this episode and and Ninja overall? Because like I'm I'm kind of curious about that. I I get why you like Kinji. Like I I see him like y- y- this is probably damning praise. So I'm sorry about that. But I I feel like Kinji in this Super Sentai is kind of how I felt about the the brothers in in Ninja Storm, where. I can't stand Power Rangers Ninja Storm, like, at all. But once those two showed up, then what I the way I used to watch Ninja Storm was I'd fast-forward through everything until those <laughs> two showed up, and I went, these guys are cool. I'm going to watch what they do. And I, I, I get the vibe that if I tried to watch the Ninja, because unfortunately, while I, I did my due diligence and I've seen all of Sun Vulcan, I believe I've seen I've seen episode one of the Ninja, and I watched this episode twice in preparation for this show. And I've only seen those two episodes, and maybe any time the Ninja may have crossed over with some other Super Sentai guys or something like that, I may have seen the team. But I I sort of feel like I would fast-forward through all the other five Rangers and watch Kinji's stuff, because I get his appeal, you know, especially to to a Western audience, you know, kind of that to me it's like watching chibity crockett and g gundam you know it's like it's like i'm just naturally you know i'm i'm naturally inclined to be like dude you're my bro like of course i like you like you're cool you know you've got a fucking hamburger for a flip phone like what is not to like about that you know like like those kind of things i i enjoy i i thought the the arc he has in the episode is cool too like that he's sort of struggling with the the 
the yokai monster, you know, like that was kind of a cool notion as well. Like seeing him kind of overcome that, like I thought was, was a cool moment for him. So, so again, I guess sort of reiterating, I can see why you think he's cool. And I, I think he, he definitely continues that tradition of the sixth ranger being sort of like a super cool in your face guy who basically all the kids would idolize, you know, like, like it totally feels like he fits the mold of what I've come to expect from a sixth ranger. Like, so in some sense, I suppose there, there may be some sixth rangers out there where I'm like, man, what a disappointment. I don't idolize you, but I think, I think Kinji is not one of those, those rangers. But as, as to, the ninja in general, or, you know, like, I, I don't know, dude. Like, I, I think I'm where you were, you know, like, when you first started watching it, where I'm like, I don't know that I, I feel this that much, you know, where it's like, I, I think I would have to get that second wind, and like Tony was saying, like, want to invest the time in watching the series, but I think there are a lot of other Super Sentai series I have yet to see the whole way through that I would probably prioritize before I I watch the entirety of this show. One thing I will say, though, is I really like Kenji's powered-up form. And hopefully, Brian, wherever you are, sir, you will enjoy this. When he powered up, I really want him to spin around and be like, Ooh, yeah! Kenji's back! Look at the tassels! Oh yeah! Got my flip phone! Got my guitar sword! Oh, you're welcome into the danger zone! Snap into it! <laughs> He's like, snap into a pocky stick, yeah! Because <laughs> Kenji's power to form, he does have a lot of tassels, which does remind me of Macho Man, uh, Randy Savage's uh, very elaborate uh, costumes in the WWF. Um, if you don't like wrestling, you won't get the reference, but you guys obviously, you know you know where I'm coming from. Um, yeah, this was really fun. Um, I'm not a huge Ninja fan myself. Again, probably my only exposure is I watched the first episode, I was kind of like, eh, it's okay. And then I watched the Drive uh, Ninja uh, crossover movie, which I really enjoyed. But I like Drive, so I'm thinking that's why I liked it. But this wasn't bad. And, and I agree with both of you guys. Like, Kenji is pretty badass. He, he is that kind of character that should not make any sense, and you should kind of hate him. But you can't. You can't. You know, it's like, you know, a, a, a Japanese cowboy Sentai Power Ranger, you know, or Sentai, you know. You should be like, this, this This makes no sense. But he does. He makes perfect sense. He's so, like, I don't know, laid back but cool and, you know, still arrogant. You know, like, he, he he's like a cowboy. You know, he, he's just very smooth. You know, he's like, he knows what he can do. But, of course, the wolfman thing does fuck with him. You know, it's like, dude, how would you feel if you turned into a wolfman, you know? And well, that is a cool story, yeah. Uh, there's actually like a whole lot more backstory with the Wolfman thing. Like see, he was actually uh, Kenji. He was actually like a yokai hunter in the United States with his father and his brother. And their last mission is they encounter the Wolfman and his brother and his father are, are killed. And so like that's kind of, you know, for, for Kenji fighting the Wolfman and defeating him like in the previous episode, like that was really – a very personal struggle and battle for him. And then to, you know, be wounded and infected by the Wolfman power and then become the Wolfman. Like that's kind of what goes into the whole, like, you know, you have weakness in your heart thing. Like it's, that's, that's kind of why he struggles with it a little bit. So like, I guess, you know, it, it might help to know a little bit of that backstory. 
Maybe, okay. maybe, maybe yeah. we could get fangirls to watch this if we compared them from uh, compared them to uh, Sam from Supernatural. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and, you know, we were we were like joking around about the uh, Sun Vulcan guys, you know, not being bishy. Kendi's not bishy. He he's like he's skinny, you know, like he's he's not like super buff, you know, like a like a you know thirty year old man. But he does have this this innate toughness about him. You could tell that he's, you know, as they say, seen the shit. You know, he's been, you know, like you know, Justin said that I didn't know, but uh, I just got that impression from him that like before he became a part of uh, the Ninja, he was he was a badass before that. You know, he he's done shit before this, and he's just using those talents to be a part of this squad. So that's kind of cool. I didn't know that backstory. Does anybody think that? I, I I don't know if this is a comparison worth mentioning, but I, I kind of find it interesting that, you know, basically Super Sentai over the years kind of becomes theme-based depending on the team, but I, I thought it was interesting, you know, kind of watching these two episodes, you know, Sun Vulcan is a very animal-themed show and also kind of of the elements, you know, like where you're like, oh, well, they're talking about eagle, so the air, flying, that kind of thing. They're talking about, you know, shark, so the water, you know, that kind of thing. And then you've got the panther, which is like the jungle, the earth, you know, whatever kind of, you know, environment. So, but with this, you know, it's like this is this is based on ninjutsu basically, right? Like they're they're all the ancestors of these great ninjas who are their, you know, great grandparents or whatever they are. And, and so they're carrying on this lineage, this tradition. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of a Naruto vibe. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's steeped in tradition. It's got, it's kind of got that, I guess, popular thing that was, you know, like Naruto is going on, you know, during the airing of this show too. So you'd think it's a sense you know, in a sense, it's a it's a way to capture popularity of an existing franchise by having the theme of a long running franchise appropriate that popularity, right? Because they're they're trying to reach out to maybe another audience, and then and then I couldn't help but think of Shinkenger, you know, because it's it's funny that they they always talk about you know the the discrepancy or the differences between samurai and ninja, you know, like, and, you know, I, I think in American culture, it's like samurai were good and honorable and ninjas were, you know, kind of scummy thieving so-and-sos, you know, like, sort of. I mean, uh, you know, yeah, they're treacherous and, and that, I mean, you know, it's a, it's a gross oversimplification, right? But that, that's kind of, uh, you know, it's like when you, when, when you see, you know, a samurai on Batman, it's probably going to be, a decent guy, but when you see a ninja, it's, you know, Kudai Ken, and he's trying to, like, you know, kill Batman in a lava flow, or whatever the hell's going on, right? So it's like, you know, and, and Bruce Wayne's all happy because the Japanese master's like, you fought with honor, but this other guy, he's he's a douchebag, you know, or whatever. And so, like, you, you've got that kind of thinking in, in when you're when you're seeing these, but, you know, that, that that's something that I thought of, too, where I was kind of like, wow, you know, there's you know, you've got Shinkenger, which went on to be Power Rangers Samurai. And so I was like, you know, America never picked up this show, did they? Like as a Power Rangers show, right? What, this one? No, yeah. this is this is Ninja Steel. It's airing oh, right oh, now. Oh, 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 it's airing right now. Okay, okay. 
So see, that's yeah. that's that that's how much I've been keeping up with Power Rangers lately. I was still on the the I know about Triceratops dinosaur girl or whatever you know like i I haven't seen it since then so no i i I was guessing it's dino dino charge but i I did know that uh the ninja is is the current one it is ninja steel okay i haven't watched it though i'm on the same i'm on the same page as you have you watched ninja steel how does it measure up with the ninja uh justin i don't know if you watched ninja steel i haven't no i haven't honestly i wouldn't know anything about if i didn't see the toys when i went to walmart honestly (laughs) yeah like there's swords that they use to transform in this like i was like playing with one like last night after I got out of Spider-Man. I was like running around like making sound effects with it. <laughs> yeah, I, I I was not really, you know, aware that it, it oh, this is the new the new one. They 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 Did they skip one? I know they skipped yeah, they skipped GoBusters, right? They skipped GoBusters and Tokuger. Yes, Tokuger. Oh. It's it's interesting okay. cuz cuz GoBusters you'd think is totally prime to fit into an American Power Ranger audience. Robot. Power, power, you know, partners. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But but I can see why maybe they skipped Tokuger because of the trains and all that other stuff, right? Like the, I, I would think that's the idea. But it's funny because because sometimes you feel like the the blowback from you know the Larrys of of Hollywood. You know, it, it would be like, oh well, Samurai is too Japanese and Ninja stuff is too Japanese. But I guess that stuff is popular too. You know, so you know, and, and, and just like maybe this show was popularized while naruto was really popular i mean i i imagine that translates over here too it's like it's not like ninjas have never been popular in america i mean you've got snake eyes you've got you know naruto like we're talking about you've got all those dudikoff american ninja films and and all this kind of crazy stuff that you know definitely the allure of the ninja, even if it's like South Park and shurikens, you know what I mean? Like, like it's obviously, it's obviously permutated its way into, into, uh, American entertainment. So, so I don't see why that would be a big hindrance or anything, but I, I, I guess I was just pointing it out because I, I was kind of like, Oh, it's interesting how, you know, they, they have different themes depending on the super Sentai series. And in this case, the theme is very much, based on a a type of team you know i guess as opposed to you know different animals or different i don't know i mean it it seems like you know it's like okay well either they're samurais they're ninjas or they're based on animals or dinosaurs or you know like those kind of things so if you sort of focus on that this is this is definitely outside of the sort of animal prehistoric creature range this is more along the lines of semi-historical but mainly you know fighting style trope type team or whatever well yeah because like even in japan i was going to ask you guys this uh since you brought up with uh shikinger um you know in japan they're they're a bit as far as i know i could be wrong uh, again correct me on both of these facts i know there's been at least three ninja based uh sentai teams there's kaku ranger and hurricane and of course, uh, Ninja. But I think there's only been one samurai team. Am I wrong? I mean, I I, I suppose I would argue that Battle Fever Robo kind of looks like a samurai, but you know, but I don't know. Fair, yeah. yeah. And of course, and of course, in Kaku Ranger, they did have the like. I don't know the name of the actual Zord, uh, you know, mech in Japan, but they they did have the uh, Shogun Zord over here, 
which was a samurai in a ninja show, which didn't make any sense. <laughs> but, but but am I right on that? Is is like uh, Shinkinger the only like straight up uh, samurai show, Justin? Or or do you agree with like there? There's been there's been samurai influences. Well, you know what? Actually, Die Rangers, you know, Mech is pretty much a samurai. Yeah, true. Yeah, but I mean, I would say that there have definitely been samurai influences in some of the various shows, but Shinkinger is the only uh, samurai-based one. Okay, yeah. yeah. Well, well, but, but the only reason I made that point is because it's what Derek was talking about. Is like ninjas are popular. They they are they like I guess you would say like like how me and Mike like Prowl and Cyclo- Cyclops. Samurais are cool, but they're always seen as the straight laced, you know, honorable warriors. And ninjas are more cool and like mysterious, and you you gravitate towards that idea, I guess. Yeah, I mean, unless unless they're cool Ronin that are like on their own, they have no master, and they're out to assassinate people or whatever. But yeah, but I, I guess if you're if you're thinking of the samurai as the the loyal guardians of of a you know, civilization or something like that. I can, I can see what you mean. Like, I, I guess I'm curious, Justin, like, can you go into your revisitation of the ninja? Like that, what, what basically sort of, uh, I mean, was it, was there anything else other than Kinji that sort of turned you on to the show when you revisited it the second time? I really like the pink ranger Kasumi cause she's, you know, the, the point of the show is, like, all these, you know, the six nin- ninjas are wanting to be, like, the last ninja who is, like, going to be, like, the, you know, the inheritor for, like, the grandfather character. And, like, they'll, you know, they'll become, like, basically the, you know, the greatest ninja ever or whatever. Oh, and, so, like, even though they're a team, they're actually kind of competing against each other. Yeah. Like, that. Okay. that's kind of, like, a big thing, like, the first maybe 15 episodes. And, like, when... um Kenji shows up like he has like this really competitive nature with uh, Takahara, the Red Ranger. Like they really kind of go go against each other. It's kind of like a for a while it's kind of like a Goku Vegeta relationship, but eventually they do learn to like work together, you know, to beat the bad guys. But uh, I really like Kasumi because she's like she wants to be the last ninja, but she also has like you know different sides to her character. Like she's very very smart and intelligent and she's she's usually the one they look to to like make a plan like if they're in a tough situation they kind of look to to her and they're like all right kasumi nechan like you know what what do we do here like come up with a plan for us and you know she's usually got something up her sleeve like she's kind of you know kind of you know tricky and stuff like that i really liked her um i have to say like one thing that did not change was my opinion about Takaharu, the Red Ranger, because he's like this. Basically, to like explain it so like Derek can understand it, he's like Peter Parker in the Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon. He never mm. learns any lessons, and he has like he, he, he always he always gets hit with the reset button at the end of every episode. That, that kind of happened in the movie too. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, and he has like these two, not one. But two very irritating catchphrases that he he has to say every episode. That's hot, and I'm getting fired up. And he has to say he has to say that or some variant of it. And I think in this episode you get the variant of like that's mega hot when like Kenji gets his like superpower up for him. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he said it like twice. Now, yeah. now I think I want a ninja Kyu 
ranger or Q ranger crossover where it's like that's mega hot lucky <laughs> uh just like our friend uh he, he goes by mars on our message board but he's a kaiju no kami um he really hates uh lucky but he says it's because he reminds him of you know the red ranger from the ninja he's he's just he has that catchphrase and it is, it is kind of annoying i i could see how you would not like Lucky. Like I remember telling you guys, I'm like, mm, I don't know if I'm going to like this guy because he keeps saying Lucky in every episode. But like, I I think I've kind of like grown to like and appreciate Lucky because he's had some he's had some actual like growth and development. And you know, I like that episode where his luck ran out and he had you know bad luck. I like that. But Takaharu, he doesn't like he struggles with things and, you know, he gets power ups and he gets like his own super mech that you saw in this episode, you know, lying, you know, lying ha or or whatever. Like he kind of struggled to tame that Zord because that Zord was alive with the spirit of, you know, some past somebody. But like he, oh, he, he did it. It was mega hot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like he does struggle. <laughs> you know, he does struggle against things, but he never like I never really got the feeling throughout the whole series and the different movies that he really like learned from any mistakes or anything that happened to him in the series he just kind of like you know he has that like thing where he just he pulls himself up when he gets the beat and he just goes at it again and then he wins and you know it's like oh i'm beat like i'm gonna go over here and get this power up i've got it and you know like you know that's mega hot. I win, and I I don't know. I just I don't like him. But like like I said, what drew me to it was like the other characters, um, Kenji and Kasumi especially. And there's some other stuff going on where like you know you see. Uh, oh, he actually played a pretty big role in this episode. Yeah. Yeah, but like one of the characters that you see in this episode, Kuimon, who you see was the one that was like tempting Kenji to begin with. Like he has a very interesting art because he was actually a former student of uh, the grandfather character, and he he wanted to become you know the last ninja, and he was his student, and then he ended up turning against him, and he became you know this powerful like evil yokai, and they go into that they go into the backstory of that character quite a bit. Like the the villains in this series are actually pretty interesting. <laughs> I was going to say, like, unlike Sun Vulcan, and this is nothing against uh, you guys' enjoyment of it, there is a depth to this lore, this yokai thing, you know, the the bad guys. And I, w- I was lost uh, at some points because I was like, oh, I haven't watched a lot of Ninja. So I was like, uh, what's going on? But I wasn't pissed off. I was like, kind of intrigued, you know? I was like, okay, so the bad guys are, you know, almost kind of common writery. Because one of my favorite things about Kamen Rider is the bad guys. They are so fleshed out. And the yokai seem like they're pretty fleshed out already at this point, even though it is, you know, not later in the series, like midway. And I, I, I did like that, Justin. I, I, like, so the yokai are kind of cool, huh? Yeah, they're pretty interesting. And they they also have some uh, internal struggles against each other as, you know, as well as against the Ninjas. And there's, you know, evil lieutenants who, you know, come out you know who show up and they're a big bad for a while and then they get defeated and then you know maybe later on they'll come back and you know there's like a i guess like a kind of a royal family aspect to this too where like they're all kind of like serving this great great yokai and you don't really see much of him until like the last you know you know five or ten uh, episodes of course 
Is is it kind of like the Ninjas where they are trying to uh, compete to gain favor? Are these yokai trying to gain the favor of their their leader? Yeah, that's actually a, a really good comparison. Yeah. Oh, cool. And I only got that from one episode. <laughs> <laughs> can Can I ask Justin, given what you mentioned about Sun Vulcan Robo and its kind of clean and sleek design? Like what your thoughts are on like Shuruki and Sentai Ninja DX Shuruki Kenjin Mecha? <laughs> yeah, I I get why you asked that because like we went from one very sleek, clean-looking Robo to like one like giant jumping hot ass. <laughs> yeah, like that's that's He's basically got the fucking kitchen sink on his forehead. Yeah, and shit. He really does, and like that's. That's basically like the aesthetic for all the like, well, for most of the mechs in this show, they're like just kind of yeah. jump s's. Like I like, I like Shuri Kenjin, the the robot you see at the very beginning who gets steamrolled over, and I like Rodeo Maru, who is uh, Kenji's personal mech. It's like bull, right? It's like, it's actually like a giant four wheeler with like a small robot riding it, and then it transforms into a robot with like guns and it does have like you know that you know it continues the western motif with kind of like horns and stuff but like, it, you know, it's like, almost like kind of like it's got a little cowboy hat of yeah. its own right you know yeah. but yeah like yeah. At, at first i wasn't like quite sure what to make of shuri kenjin because it's like these different things combined into one mech and then in the center, you have like this empty spot where a smaller robot sits and kind of like pulls the lever and directs it. Like He's I kind of floater, yeah. I I eventually like grew to like Shuri Kenjin, like some of those other mechs. Like like Tony said, I think they're like kind of a hot mess to be honest. Like they're just so very like it seems like they just like you know the Japanese Larry were like you know they were like okay like Japanese Larry like. We're going to throw like a train and a dog and uh, a front end loader into this thing. And they're going to combine into one giant thing, Larry. But Larry, like it doesn't it doesn't look cool. It doesn't look, you know, aesthetically pleasing. Like, uh, who cares, other Larry? Like, you know, but we're going to sell it for fifty dollars, you know, 50 yen. Like, who cares? Uh, Justin, I do have to ask this because I have seen that movie that I I was talking about with uh, Drive. Um, okay, so these are ninjas. That is cool, and 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 some of the some of the you know mechs make sense as far as being ninja themed. Um, as far as the hot mess, why is there a goddamn UFO mech? <laughs> Not only is there a UFO, but there's like a um, one's a surfboard, I think, and there's an octopus <laughs> and a dinosaur. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know. It's just really random sometimes. They're just like, you know what? Our power-up this week is an octopus. And now it's a surfboard. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> Whatever, guys. You know? And and, and I'll, I'll, I'll give you this, Justin. Like, you know, when you guys are talking about Sun Vulcan, like, really complicated mechs can look awesome. I mean, for, for example, like, Shikinger. Even though that did get to be kind of a hot mess at one point, he still looked cool. I liked how he looked. And even with the Dino Charge guys, they weren't too ridiculous. But man, the Ninja, the, you guys' mech is just like you went to a Chinese restaurant and just threw something together and like made it a robot, you know? Well, it's, it, you know, to be fair, like I, I, I sort of feel that way about some of the, the Sun Vulcan mongers, you know, because it's like these crazy monsters come out of this contraption. And I was watching an episode where basically the guy had two 
two giant like American footballs for breasts or whatever. And I was just <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I was like, what the <laughs> fuck is going on here? You know, like, like that's the kind of stuff where you're like, it, 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 it's it's one, it's like aesthetically unpleasing but also like that that notion that you guys are talking about where you're like okay this is a flying saucer you're like okay fine i can wrap my head around a flying saucer but okay larry he's got a fucking eel on one arm and and a friggin' fish on the other arm, and he's got a head that's another little fish, and on his leg he's got a panda, and on his other leg he's got a kitty cat, you know. And you're just like, wait, what? Like, what is going on? You know, like even a two year old could tell you that a UFO in a ninja has no ties to ninjas. <laughs> um, I, I will say one thing that is uh interesting. As far as uh, the the show we're doing tonight, it is crazy how these shows are so separate in the visual storytelling. Because I, I mean, I understand like you know, uh, Sun Vulcan was in the seventies, and you know, Ninja was in the two thousands. But like, I really do like the look of modern Sentai and Common Rider, and I think that's one of the things why I don't hate Showa era stuff. I think it looks cool too. But there is this little bit of a, I don't know, crispness to like the uniforms and stuff. The mech is a hot mess. I mean, let's not even go there. But I, I like I said, you know, when I was talking about Genji's uniform, but it looks cool. I mean, it looks really cool. And like, I like that. It looks like, you know, more put together. And I know they got a higher budget. I know they got like, you know, probably guys who have been working since like the 80s or 90s who know how to do this shit and make like, you know, designs like, you know, much more elevated at this point. But at the same time, it's like, you know, with Sun Vulcan, they are simplistic, but they also get the point across. And it's kind of hard to figure out which one I like better. Like, I mean, what do you guys think? Do you like, do you like the older Showa style or the no newer, like Heisei style? Like I, I get torn sometimes. It depends on the costume. I think this goes back to something I've mentioned probably on Toku Thursdays, but I think Super Sentai breaks the exception to the rule. And I sort of think of it as three different eras, even though I know they, they try to amalgamate Heisei into the modern era, which I'll probably refer to as the millennium era because of the Godzilla films. But I've always kind of thought of it as Showa Heisei millennium. And my attitude, because I, you know, I probably had a limited exposure to Super Sentai and Kamen Rider before we started doing these podcasts and, and I really got into both franchises, but I always had a pretty decent exposure to Godzilla and, and Ultraman before we did these podcasts. And I've always kind of thought I love Showa era Godzilla and Ultraman. I find Heisei era Godzilla and Ultraman almost excruciatingly boring. And Millennium Era Ultraman and Godzilla, I I kind of really, really love because it seemed to reinvigorate my passion for the franchise. I feel like Super Sentai totally inverts those last two. I love Showa Super Sentai. I, I respect it for what it is. I understand people might not be able to binge watch it or get into it because it's not meant to be binge watched. It's meant to be watched episodically from week to week or day to day. So you have to, you know, watch it going into it with that mindset. But I, I love Showa Super Sentai. 
I like Heisei Super Sentai. I mean, Zoo Ranger and Jetman and all that stuff, that's pretty much the pinnacle of Super Sentai as far as I'm concerned. Millennium Super Sentai, with the exception of Gokaiger, I'm like, the, everything that's followed Gokaiger, I'm kind of very iffy about. You know, maybe I haven't given it enough of a fair shake. But... You're okay with Q Ranger. You don't love it, but you're okay with it. Uh, yeah, it's more like, yeah, it's it's okay. I mean, you know, it's not. I'm I'm not. You know, I'm not going to be writing fan letters about it, though. You know, like I, yeah. I don't know. Uh, what about you, Justin? Do you, do you follow Derek's suit? Do you go show a Heisei Modern or Millennial, or do you go just show a Heisei? I agree with what Derek's saying about post Gokaiger shows because, you know, I, I do like Ninja, but the, you know, the only one I really thought was like, man, that's really great. And I couldn't wait to watch the next episode was Kuyorger, the dinosaur one. Um, and I do like the current series, uh, Q Ranger. But like, you know, aside from that, like, I don't think I really have a preference as far as like the different eras go. You know, like, I really like Battle Fever J. I like Sun Vulcan. Like, I really like, there's like several in a row that I really like, like Bioman, Changeman, Flashman, Maskman, Liveman. Like, those are all really great. Like, especially Liveman and Maskman. I like, I really like those. And I, you know, I agree with what Derek's saying. Jetman and G Ranger, like those are really good. Like I really like Jetman, and then you know like Die Ranger, Q Ranger. I really like those too. And then some of the like what Derek's saying, like some of the later ones in uh, Heisei. Like I really like Deku Ranger. You guys, you you guys know that because we did an episode of Deku Ranger. I really like Magic Ranger. I know Derek being Derek, like he hates all things magic related, but like I, I really like Magic Ranger. Like I kind of wish we could watch. Like I kind of wish I could get well, Derek we, to watch. We, we should. I bet. I bet you. If because I've never really watched Magic Ranger. I just don't like. Um, what, what is it called? Power Ranger, Harry Potter. I I don't. I forget what that series that, is called. Magic but... Ranger. Yeah. Well, yeah, whatever whatever it's called in the America is called Mystic Force. Yeah, Mystic Force. I know I know I don't like Mystic Force and I have seen Mystic Force, but I've never actually sat down and watched Meiji Rangers, so who knows? I I bet you if you make me watch some of it, I I'd probably get a kick out of it. I am probably more of a Sentai noob than you guys. I have seen like, you know, Z Ranger seen some of Die Ranger because we did you know the episodes of that uh, basically like Zyogre you know I saw that like first one or two episodes um, the only one I really got into was like uh, Gokaiger yeah I agree with you Derek and Justin like like that's probably the best like millennial like show ever and like everybody should really check out Gokaiger but um, as far as Gokaiger goes Justin and again not to put you on the hot seat but you know it is a podcast um, you you really get into Ninja. Does it compare with Gokaiger, or would you put them on evil, even like you know platforms, or is it not as good but you still enjoyed it? It's not as good, but I still enjoy it. I was going was going to give you credit for it, though, Justin is like I am not a big Ninja fan, and it it was just that sh- one of those shows that I didn't really enjoy. But this was a really good episode. I really did enjoy like you know I didn't know about like the the Six Ranger for this team. And he is really fucking fun. I'm glad that I could uh, bring you guys something that uh, that that I genuinely enjoy and try and to try and like share that with you. Like I, I always like to to try and bring you guys something that maybe you haven't seen or 
to maybe kind of give you like my my take on something like that. Yeah, that's that's cool, Justin. I liked watching the ninja just based in the themes of the yokai stuff and also you know seeing like a six ranger sort of take his place among the other echelons of of cool awesome sixth rangers and stuff like that so that was definitely a plus i think maybe what we'll do is we'll we'll wrap up this episode but if you guys listening have any other comments, questions, and or concerns, you can reach us, of course, at fanholespodcast at gmail.com. We can also be found over on the fanholespodcast.blogspot.com. We are on all kinds of social media, Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We, of course, appreciate all the likes, notes, feedback, retweets, hearts, all that good stuff that we get on social media. And if you've enjoyed listening to Sentai Saturdays and our Fan Holes Fright Fest 2 Electric Boogaloo theme month, of course, that is running through a bunch of different Fan Holes spinoff shows. So you can check out things like Fan Holes Mobile Suit Mondays, Fan Holes Transformers Tuesdays, we've got Toku Thursdays, Big in Japan, where we talk about anime, we've got comic books, motherfucker, do you read them, where we talk about comics, and of course we've got the Fan Holes podcast proper. So, of course, if you like Sentai Saturdays, please consider checking out all those other Fan Holes network shows. And until the next time, this is going to be Derek, Derek WC, you Shark Panther, signing off. This is Justin, or a plus by guys, or a plus by guys, or a plus by guys. <laughs> I don't know if I can beat that. Um, this is uh, Tony. I don't know if you guys who are listening noticed this, but we kind of gave you the uh, watch list for the Sentai shows you should check out that we like. So, you know, you're welcome. fun we you know you know what we didn't talk about i don't even i don't even remember if he's in the episode so tony could freak out about it but 
the the little talking dog CJ. Or oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, he was. Oh god, that was fucking weird. <laughs> I was like, I kept thinking, like, why aren't you saying you'll cure Taco Bell? <laughs> you know what? You know what's the ultimate fucking insult? They got this hot Japanese chick who's the daughter of the boss. So total like forbidden fruit, right? And she's always wearing the shortest shorts and jumping in pools and wearing bikinis and all this other shit. Of course, all three of those guys are hot for her ass. Even the stupid goofy ass cook is hot for her ass. At the very end of the show, right? Sorry, spoilers, Tony, but I'm telling you this. At the end of the show, all right, like we've saved the day from the bad guys. Like, which one of us are you going to hook up with, Misa? And, and she's like, She's like, let me think about it. And then she picks up the fucking talking dog and she's like, CJ's going to be my companion and let's all enjoy our youthful lives. And I'm like, what a fucking cock tease. Come on. What is up with that? that Are you kidding me? That that is something I do appreciate about those like first like, you know, six or seven uh, Sentai shows is like all the like, you know, female Sentai members have like 70 short, short, extremely short shorts. It's right. funny, though, yeah. too, because the, the, the other thing I was looking at was like, do you remember the episode about like that when they gave the, the little kid the Simon Says thing that tells him like all the answers for his oh, tests? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Dude. That little kid, I was like, is he wearing fucking diapers? Like, what is he? Like, cause, cause that yeah. poor little kid has short shorts too, right? And I'm just like, they're white and they're like, I'm like, it looked like he was just running around in his fucking tidy whitey. Uh, I was just like, put on some, I was like, put on some pants, boy. <laughs> like, seriously, like, are you kidding me? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> it's like it's time to put on some pants, boy. <laughs> that boy ain't rock. <laughs> I think actually, uh, I'll, I'll give a little, you know, uh, throw out to our, our, our uh, sometimes collaborator uh, Mars, or um, you know, as you know him, uh, Kami Nukaji. Um, he, he really doesn't what, like. What? Go back, go back, and say that again. Say that right. I can't. Right. I can't. I can't. Kami knew whatever. Kaiju, whatever. Um, kaiju Godzilla. no Kami. Kaiju no Kami. I'll, I'll, just, edit, I'll just edit it out. It's okay. Yeah, <laughs> jeez. 